You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey, one and all, it's episode 100. That's 100. Oh my God, I'm like two years behind. It's 240 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast. Holy crap. 240 episodes. That's... That's like probably 200 hours of me talking, probably, because that's like 40 minutes, something like that. So it's like probably approaching 200 hours of me talking. You know, it's like five straight work weeks. You could just listen to me. Good God. Anyway, (laughs) what am I doing with my life? Uh, Anyway, thank you to GameAt.eu for supporting the show. And they got the uh, resin terrain and the neoprene mats and STL files and all of that. Event 10 gives you 10% off your order. And then, of course, Panhandle3d.etsy.com. Yeah! Uh, PH3D15 off is 15% off your order there. And they do custom tumblers, dice trays, 3D printed terrain, all that nonsense. Tons of stuff. Combat gauges, whatever you want. Go go get the go get use the discount. Um, then we also, how could I ever forget them? You know what? I can't because they live in my heart. My Patreon members, thank you all for being so generous to support this stupid, stupid show. I don't know what you are doing with your life to support this show, but you know what? I appreciate it. I don't care. I, listen, I don't care if your Patreon patron uh, payment comes from drug money. Right. I don't care if like you're a hitman. I don't care if it's like you sell blood diamonds or, or it just I don't really care where the money comes from. I just appreciate that you take some of it and give it to the show. I, I do appreciate that. You guys are all sexy and I will I will tongue kiss you whenever I see you. OK, that that is a that is a promise. And for the rest of you, it's a threat. <laughs> Anyway, so what are we talking about today? Today's a wacky episode. Real talk is Warhammer is on basic cable 10 years in the future, and these are all the shows, and I'm the executive producer. So that sounds stupid, doesn't it? But I assure you, it's very entertaining. Then we also have a letter from another GD Eric. Oh my God, why do we have so many Erics here? Why? Why are there... Oh my God, I can't get... I'm tripping over Eric's here. There's so many Eric's that listen to the show. Anyway, so he's uh he's taking me to task. I don't know what it is with these people. Uh, he tells me that I'm way off base, and he actually explains the reason why scale creep even originally happened. And uh, we discussed that. Uh, he's a little he's a little sassy for my taste, but yeah, he he tells me. And then we also are talking about the I don't know what his name is, the new Demon Prince guy for. Games Workshop, Vashtor, the Archophane, and uh, yeah, so we talk about him for Chaos Space Marines. What else have I been up to? Well, I have had a tumultuous week. I have, I have. I know you're all gasping. I'm waiting for you to stop gasping. I tried my Beasts of Chaos um, with the new book and the new rules and all that against my friend TJ, and uh, I was rolling hot garbage. I mean, not good at all. So uh, he... (laughs) He, without going to all the specifics, I just, I should have charged and like knocked something out of the park, you know, completely killed a unit and I whiffed like literally everything. And then he just beat me to death. And, uh, it was not, it was one of those times where in the very beginning I was rolling so bad for literally everything that I was like, 
Okay, this is another one of those games. I'm going to finish this game. It's going to be miserable. I even brought two sets of dice, and I'm just like, uh, whatever. I can't do anything. So um, his his list wasn't bad or anything like that. It was um he yeah, it was just a fine list, and uh, but I just could not roll worth anything. So he beat me. I don't know five to one, five to two, something like that. I don't even know how much it was, but he beat me pretty badly and tabled me. So that was fun. Question mark. And then I played. I actually had James over. I was I was so hurt. Okay. I was the I was bleeding so badly from my game with TJ. I invited James over and decided to play my Beast of Chaos again, and I beat him. I pretty much tabled his uh Cruel Boys, which I know any of you that are familiar with Cruel Boys, you're like, oh, you mean the very bottom tier army in Age of Sigmar? You really beat them? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so that that happened. I beat him. Uh, three to nothing or something like that. Um, we played the same mission that me and TJ did, and it was just a mission we came up off on the fly. It was pretty fun, though, where each player gets two objectives to put anywhere on the board that is uh, six inches away from a table edge and at least 12 inches away from each other. And then you don't score any points for your objectives you placed. You only score objective points for the opponent's objectives. So you're trying to defend yours but get across the board. It was very fun both times. Um... I completely shut James out in our game, and TJ, I don't think he completely shut me out. I think I at least scored one point. I don't remember. I'm really, my therapist said it'd be best to just block out those memories, so that's what I'm trying to do. He uh, told me to show him on the model where TJ's Sylvaneth touched them, and it, he was taken aback. I gotta tell you that much. Then, I actually had my friend Matt over. Our schedules somehow aligned, and he wanted to play Brutality, because he's my Brutality buddy. He came over this morning, we played two games of Brutality, and um, both of the games were actually really good. Uh, I lost both of them, because, you know, what do I know? It's just my game. And, um, yeah, it was really good. Uh, the first game was, um, he bought, he made a new warband, and uh, long story short, futuristic people with these tiny little robots. It's uh, pretty adorable. And uh, he played both games with them. My first game was with my ape warband. And uh, my apes lost by two points. I think it was eight to six, I think, at the end of it. Um, so he, I lost by two points in that one. And then we were tied uh, in the second game. Actually, I was a point ahead at one point. But some disastrous results. Uh, I played my th uh, Thundercast, the second one. And the very first shot of the game, very first turn, we did... Three damage to Chitara, and I failed all of it. His his captain with a, a multi-melta legitimately exploded Chitara. Very first shot of the game. So I was immediately down a point and a member. That, that really hurt. Um, and then uh, Lion-O bled to death, and uh, there's all sorts of shenanigans going on. Um, and it was like four to three. I was beating him. And then by the time he wiped out almost my whole board, he was like eight to eight to three? I think eight to four, eight to three, something like that. So he uh, he he took me to task there. Anyway, it was super fun though. Always love brutality, and uh, that's about it. So let's get on with the rest of the show. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. And now it's time for the Tesseract mailbox. Now, first off, 
we are having a bit of an infestation here. We've got far too many guys named Eric that listen to this podcast. I know some of the um, the aliases of my Patreon people, their real names might be Eric, or people I know that listen to the show named Eric, or uh, sometimes like they'll sign off with a goofy name and then put their real name, but I just use the goofy name in the email. I'm not lying to you. I think like uh, 10% of our listeners are named Eric. I don't know what about me turns Eric's on. I don't know. But I'm certainly happy to have you all here. So this guy, this guy, Eric, okay, he wrote in like, I don't know, a month ago, two months ago, something like that. He is coming to, okay, I'm gonna have to explain the whole purpose of the Tesseract Mailbox, okay? The whole premise behind the Tesseract Mailbox is not for you to write in and for me to respond. It's basically to affirm that whatever I say is correct. Do you understand? So I, I think maybe this Eric is a little new to the game. Maybe he doesn't know what uh what the traditions are at the Pemcron Warhammer podcast. But this guy writes in, oh man, not the whole story. He get this guy. Okay, get a load of him. Well, Mr. Cron, once again you have missed the mark. Your recent discussion of scale creep as a blatant money grab is not entirely true. Back in the 80s we had soft lead true 25mm figures from companies like Ralph Partha, Citadel, and Minifig. This was the type this was the type lead sol- type of lead soldier you could easily bend and fix the tiniest bayonet or sword back into place. It was also the type of lead that would turn you into a lead-poisoned raving lunatic. <laughs> oh, the 80s. What a wonderful time. The world government stepped in during the early 90s and started banning lead and things that, that looked like toys. Really? What fun is that in, in that? So companies had to change their formulas. Companies like Games Workshop went to white metal, a lead-free mix. Most manufacturers had mixes, had mixed pewter and tin to achieve lead-free figures, which made them brittle as hell. Bayonets snapped, uh, figures broke at the ankles, so the solution was to make them bigger. No longer did the words 25mm mean anything. And the race to bigger and more detail was on across the industry. The side effect was, hey, none of the old stuff matches the new stuff. Replace all your armies. This phenomenon was obviously not wasted on Games Workshop. So I will leave it there and not even go into your choice of Dunkin' Donuts, which is another thing you're completely wrong about. Eric, the old grognard. Can you believe this guy? I mean, for real. (laughs) This guy. Actually, um, I was somewhat aware of this situation with the lead and all of that, but this is actually really interesting how the original scale creep supposedly was from the switch away from lead. And that makes a lot of sense. I have a lot of old lead metal uh, miniatures like exactly what you said from Ralph Partha and stuff. And uh, you're right. Like if their spear bends, it can practically bend in half and you just bend it back. <laughs> like, but the white metal, you're 100% right. Because I remember all my games workshop stuff. If you bend the white metal, you can actually like feel it like breaking inside. You can feel it like going crunch, 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 crunch. Like the fibers of it are actually breaking. So, um, and you really could only bend it one direction one time. And then after that, it's broken. And forget about your staff or your bow and arrow or your sword or anything like that. So what you're saying actually makes a lot of sense. And it's actually very interesting because I did not game during that time. I didn't even find Wargaming until the late 2000s. So, um, or aughts as they call them. So I, uh, I decided to write back to Eric and I was like, hey, Eric. That's really interesting. What a, but what about the new plastic stuff? How does the metal issue affect plastic, Mr. Smarty Pants? 
And then he wrote back, Mr. Smarty Pants wrote back, I would say it's no one thing. Everyone got bigger in the 90s because they had to. It also allowed for more detail. My original 15mm Napoleonics had very little detail. You had to paint belts and such on. With new companies came out like Essex, they were bigger and belts and details were there. So my old figures no longer matched and I replaced them with the newer higher detail figures. This is the same thing with GW. Look at the Blood Angels Mephiston. Bigger, more detail, cooler, and yes, way more expensive. Okay, you got a point there, Eric. Let's let's see what else you got. Plus, the technology of, of, of making figures advanced. The old metal figures made on a spin caster could really only be flat-ish. Now, that is my one major complaint about metal. You're completely right. They are very one-dimensional, or I should say two-dimensional. Um, anything that went out from the figure in different direction from the plane was a second piece you had to glue on, which I completely agree with. Um, you'll notice you can usually tell metal models because they are very, their arms are either out to the side or they're over their head or they're, um, like across their chest as like molded with the chest. So I, I totally get you on that. He continues, I don't discount GW did it to make you replace their armies to make money. What I'm saying is they learned this because of market factors, lead bands, and technology advancements. So I naturally had to reply again, and I said, no. <laughs> no, I, uh, so I really, okay, let me just read the message. I said, no, I'm messing with you and really want to just reply no, but I figured that would come off as rude instead of a joke. I think what you're saying has merit, but it's hard for me to joke with you via email. <laughs> because I would, I did just want to reply, no. But I didn't know how he'd take it, so. He writes back and goes, that's all well and good about scale creep, but the more serious issue is this Dunkin' Donuts problem. Seek professional help. Only basic white girls go to TD for their shake addiction. Krispy Kreme glazed is the one true donut to rule them all. Okay, Eric. You've opened up a whole nother, a whole nother can of worms here. So I am not a big donut person. Okay. Um, Dunkin' Donuts is like fine. I know they're baked elsewhere. And this is, yes, we are definitely going off the rails into donut territory here from, from metal minis to donut. Um, Dunkin' Donuts, they don't make them in store anymore. They, they have like hubs of bakeries and they deliver them each morning to the different places. So, you're you're right. Dunkin' Donuts donuts are really not that great. They often come off as like pretty dry and they're just they're not fresh. So I get the Krispy Kreme being fresh. I get all that. Um, I've had some Krispy Kreme straight from their like factory thing where you can watch them make it and all that. And that was quite good. I have to admit, that's probably some of the best donuts I've ever had. Um, I've actually some private companies like in Hatteras or even Ocean City, Maryland, um, they make similar things to Krispy Kreme, but they put all sorts of toppings and stuff on them. But I don't go to Dunkin' Donuts for the donuts. I go there for the coffee because, as you probably know, America runs on Dunkin', right? Um, I'm just, you know, I'm a working man. I'm a blue-collar working man, and I drink my beer and sit with my dog. And uh, I like I like coffee that's actually affordable. So McDonald's coffee is like piss water, Okay. Uh, 7-Eleven actually, 7-Eleven actually does have good coffee. I like 7-Eleven coffee. That's the only literal thing that I want to buy at 7-Eleven is coffee. Um, but, uh, 
Wawa coffee's like okay for those of you who don't know. Wawa is like a gas station chain in the in the Northeast, and uh, that's okay, but that's that's kind of weak too. So Starbucks probably is much better tasting, but it's also much more pricey. So uh, look, I got four kids. I got six mouths to feed here, people. Okay, I can't be going to Starbucks every day, but Dunkin' Donuts has my back. Anyway, Eric. Uh, hopefully you're listening to this segment and I need you to understand that you have completely misread the situation and you are not supposed to ever say that I was wrong in any way. Okay. So I'm waiting for an email from you apologizing for breaking conduct, but it is interesting. So he does have a good point. I think, uh, it is something that they probably accidentally learned from the whole, um, lead into white metal thing. And they're like, Hey, you know what, if we do make these bigger, then all the old ones look dinky. And so, yes, they've probably just continued that trend. Um, So Eric was not actually arguing with me that that is the trend. He was arguing the root cause of the trend was, yes, money, but also they learned it from different economic factors. So that's that's an interesting take, actually. So you, you added something to the conversation, Eric, and I appreciate it. So uh, you guys can reach me at pimpcron at gmail.com or facebook.com slash pimpcron or Instagram at pimpcron with one P TV. And uh, I think that's it. Thank you for writing in, uh, Eric. And uh, I'm going to call an exterminator or something. I'm going to call Orkin Man because there's far. We're, we're being overrun by Eric's. Want that or want that not? Well, look at the time. It's time for real talk. No, it's not. <laughs> gotcha. It's time for Want That or Want That Not. Today, we're covering Vashtor the Archifane. Assuming that I pronounced that correctly. Vashtor the Archifane is a new character for Chaos Space Marines, and he's essentially a demon prince. He's like a dark mechanicus demon prince. So apparently he's a soul forging demon lord, and he marshals in the vile engines of Chaos Space Marines if that means anything to you. And um, shatter steel and incinerate flesh with a hellish hammer and flame-spitting claw. Okay. Includes a scenic base with mechanical tendrils rising from the broken earth. La-di-da. You talk about mechanical tendrils. It's got like four tendrils on it. Like, come on. Come on, GW. You don't, don't even try to make that into something that's like, whoa, you know what? It's worth it just for the base. Yeah, I mean, it's got it's got three tentacles coming out of the ground. Like, that's, that's, you just can't just make that on your own. By the way, this dude is essentially a demon prince, right? Big old demon prince, and he's got wings. But they're mechanical wings, and you cannot, I'm just warning you right now, you cannot convince me that these wings would fly. You just can't. That's not something you can do. That's not something he can do. I just want to let you know that. Now, one thing is interesting to me is that um, he is $100. That's quite a bit of money for what's essentially a demon prince. Now, I know, I know, he's named, he's unique, etc., etc. He's a very cool-looking model, but 100 bucks is quite an undertaking for this type of model. He comes on a 80-millimeter round base, so the picture maybe doesn't show him to be as large as he actually is, and he has an incredible amount of detail on him. I will give them that. They've done a very, very good job of like stretching his flesh on hooks over the machinery 
and he's got the same type of exhaust pipes coming out of his back that the uh, Forge Fiend or the uh, uh, Mauler Fiend has. Like the uh, screaming face looking exhaust. Very cool looking. His wings look awesome, except that they 100% would not fly. He's got really cool uh, bladed hand on his left hand, and it's got a flamer in it, which is pretty cool. All of that's pretty neat, except I don't know how he grabs anything with that hand if your palm... Imagine supergluing a baseball in the middle of your palm, and think about how little range of motion you'd have with grabbing things. So... This flamer is sticking out like a pineapple in the middle of his palm. And yes, he has long fingers, but I don't know. It's just it's a little weird to me. But, you know, they're going for cool rather than realistic, I suppose. And he does certainly look cool. I would find it hard to find literally anybody that does not think this guy looks cool. He's got kind of a flayed one feel to him where there's skin stretched over machinery. And even his face is like nailed to the front of this uh his his fleshy face is nailed to the front of this uh mechanical body it's it's very cool looking and it's very macabre i really really do like it um there's machinery underneath all of his his flesh and it does look really cool his other arm that's holding the hammer is basically a straight up t100 fist from terminator it's just a mechanical fist um his hammer is really nothing to um, write home about. Um, I know I've seen this hammer elsewhere. Some sort of chaos hammer. I cannot think of where I've seen it, but I've definitely seen it somewhere. And, um, you know, I mean, it looks really... Oh, you know what? I think it's the um, Helbert hammer. The, uh, the hammer they have. But uh, it looks fantastic. He looks like an excellent model. I truly have no issues whatsoever with this model. I really, really do like it. He's very cool looking. He looks very demonic. His big round eyes and and all of that. I mean, he looks awesome. If you told me this was 60 bucks, I would be like, sold. Absolutely sold. I love him so much. If you told me it was 80 bucks, I'd be like, uh, okay. I mean, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. You tell me he's a hundred bucks, and I'm like, uh, I don't know that I need this guy. Now, an 80 millimeter base is quite large. Um, what are the traditional demon prints? I think they're 60 mil, the dreadnought base. So he is on a larger base, and he does seem to take up the circumference of that base. Like, uh, his stance is narrow, but with his wings and all that, he does look bigger than a demon prince. So, this is not a want that not for me, because I could ultimately see myself buying this especially with like a discount or something like that you give me 20 percent off i get it for 80 bucks i would i would definitely buy it i like it that much but i've also heard that his rules are not spectacular in any fashion um apparently he's actually not that good at all now you know me i don't really care that much as to whether or not he's good but it does slightly 10 percent affect my want that or want that not because like I said before, you are at the mercy of the rules, and if the unit is weak, or the unit is underwritten, or whatever, well then, in some ways, there's no reason to take them, because there's other better options and all of that. Ultimately, I will give this a lukewarm one fat, because it is a pretty cool-looking model. But a hundred bucks, man, that GW just keeps cranking up that price, and I... Oh, if he did not look so awesome then I would say it's a want that not. But this one, in this case, his rules aren't great, his price is high, but darn if he doesn't look cool.
And um, I almost feel like they ran out of ideas for him. That's that's my one other complaint. From every every single aspect of this model is completely on point. It's completely awesome looking until you get to his right hand and the hammer. The right hand is, like I said, T100. It's just a mechanical hand. It's not even a cool, like, skeletal hand. Like, it's just, it's just a metal hand. And then the hammer is just like a hammer with some tentacles on the back. I really think they they could have done literally anything else with him. But, oh well. Um, I would definitely say it's a want that. For me, uh, I would say get it on a discount. Because otherwise, not sure it's worth it. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimp Cron. And of course, this is time for the real talk with the Pimpcron. And you know, I like to do little creative ditties. I like to do some things to uh, just uh, milk that funny bone. <laughs> That's a weird phrase. Uh, <laughs> so this week, I wanted to turn on my patented future vision and show you a glimpse of the future of television. Now, we can all agree that Warhammer is slowly entering the general consciousness, and uh, it's been on South Park, and... There's Monopoly-themed Warhammer 40k and themed sneakers, and Warhammer's really getting out there. I just came back from vacation in the year 2045 and wanted to share something with you. In the future, we have the Warhammer channel on basic cable. No longer Warhammer Plus, none of that stuff. Oh no. Here's the all-star lineup of shows. Oh, oh by the way, I forgot to tell you, uh, I am actually the executive producer of this network. So that's also like, whoops. Spoilers. Anyway, so these are the shows on the lineup, okay? What about, get this, get this. Hell's Studio. A professional painter, Luke Smeggles, puts new prospective miniature painters through the ringer as they compete for a chance to win a painting studio. Each episode will include five painting contestants that are each given a miniature and a random materials to paint with. They're given very little time to paint, and the host berates them the entire time. Like, what are you? I'm an idiot sandwich, you know, from Hell's Kitchen. Your heart will be touched as you see grown adults cry while the host screams at them. Critiques like, you forgot to water down the ketchup for two thin coats, and that lipstick is the wrong shade to be used for basing. It's, uh, it's gonna be fun, I think. It's gonna be real fun. I, I just like watching adults cry, frankly. Here's the next one. Bits Tank, okay? A panel of Games Workshop executives see contestant after contestant of kit bashers and they pick them apart. Of course, the uh, the miniatures have been made with um, bits from Games Workshop models and uh, the contestants are competing for a chance to join the GW design team and make it to the big times. These judges don't hold back and their personalities clash. It's all very gripping, I assure you. This season finale had a contestant discreetly slip in a 3D printed bit and one of the judges lunged across the table at him and started strangling him and then Jervis Johnson himself from Games Workshop descended on a rope from the ceiling and had to break them up. It was crazy. Crazy. Still in litigation, by the way. All right, so it's not all just um, reality shows, things like that. It's not just all that. We've also got Dora, 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 the Inquisitora. It's for the kids. We follow Imperial Inquisitor Dora and her Jericho friend Boots as they purge heretics and make friends. 
Popular phrases from the show include, Do you see the filthy heretic? You do? Point at the filthy heretic. Or when their antagonist, Bloodletter, comes around to steal blood, they make you yell, Letter, no letting! Letter, no letting! Until he goes away. And he's like, Oh, man! And then he goes back to hell from where he came from. The show helps kids learn about their colors, ABCs, numbers, and how to identify enemies of the Imperium. So, it looks like a like a fun time. Now, this is another one. It kind of harkens back to my childhood. It's um, it's really popular with the kids. Xenos babies. Okay, get this. It's a group of infant Xenos that live in a nursery and use their imagination to make friendships and go on adventures. Occasionally, an adeptus sororitas named Nanny comes in and gives them, I don't know, food or something. Okay, the show's cast includes a humble green orc. He's always like, It's not easy being green. Is like, he'd say something like that. And a silly blue skin towel that's like afraid of everything, right? A bossy female ogren who's just in love with the orc. It's going to be like, <laughs> wacky. And a joke-telling chaos beast man. It's, it's going to be good. You guys are going to like it. Now, this is one of my all-time favorites. I tuned in while I was on vacation over a decade in the future. I, I tuned into this every single night. It's called, it's a sitcom. I Love Bruzy. Okay? The show follows an orc wearing a red wig and trying to fit into human life. It's married to a band leader at a nightclub, and Bruzy is always getting into shenanigans. There are tons of iconic episodes, like when Bruzy got a job trying to film a vitamin commercial with disastrous results. Bruzy's best friend lives in their hab block and often helps in the crazy goings-on, you know? And uh, the famous catchphrase... When Bruzy's husband gets mad is, Bruzy, you have some explaining to do. And Bruzy looks right at the camera and she whines, Wah! Yeah, the audience just eats it up. I, I don't know. It's kind of dumb. Anyway, <laughs> The Imperium's Court is another episode, uh, another show that people like. The people of the Imperium come before their regional court to argue and air their grievances. The judge makes them look stupid, and you will laugh at them. It's actually, I mean, it's it's required. You got you got to laugh at them. One time, someone didn't laugh at the judge berating these people and got shot in the head by a commissar. It's like it's not, it's funny, but it's not funny at the same time. Um, the show highlights just how stupid people can be and often just devolves into nonsense. Like, I'm suing this hive ganger for stealing the drugs I want to sell. You know, something like that. And you can't forget, I agreed to pay him back for the money I borrowed. I didn't say I would pay him back with money, though. I repaid him with an equivalent market value of string cheese. <laughs> That's stupid. Anyway, the, fi the final one. I think I've taken up enough of your time, okay? The final one is Game of Drones, okay? A Tal-centric show. This is a, a departure. A Tal-centric show based in primitive Tal Prime, where several Tal families vie for political power. It's really gory, and there's lots of nudity. Um, come to find out, like, you know, the Tal already have the, the line on their face. That's basically what their groins look like, too. I mean, like, lots of nudity. There's, like, there's, like, maybe too much nudity it's almost like it's almost like nobody has clothes on is what i'm trying to say and you probably don't 
understand just how much full frontal I mean when I say that you get to see more blue privates than you would dare to imagine. And I know some of you are getting pretty excited now. It's like a sushi market in each episode, but the meat is still attached to the people. Anyway, the, fr the phrase is, in the game of drones, you either win or you don't. We're not, we're not good at melee, so we don't try. And there you go. I hope you're all excited over all these new programs. It's a real good lineup they have over there in the future. Some of it seems a bit derivative, but I guess there are no new ideas, huh? Anyway, it's fun for the whole family, and it's all must-see TV, and uh, I'm pretty excited about it. So you only have to wait one decade and some change. Anyway, thank you for listening to my, oh my god, of stupid rambling, okay? I love bruisey. Oh my god, I'm dumb. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, GameMat.eu, thank you for supporting the show. And Panhandle3D.etsy.com, thank you for supporting the show. And my beautiful, sexy, good-smelling, all-around great people, charitable, well-liked, well-adjusted Patreon patrons. I'll see you next week, guys.